1: so I can say live somewhat from 1714 7th Street in Ybor City where it all began from the Chillum CBD store and gallery. Oh, there you go. Is, you mean my, my, my microphone's been off all this time?
0: It just, just, I mean, just for 20 seconds. Okay. They still heard you though. They, they, heard me they hear you clearer now. In that
1: case, it is time to- It's
0: not like we can start a show and 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 not fuck up.
1: Oh, this show it's, we started though, right? Where the show started. Okay, okay. So well we, into the show. So they know where we are, right? We already got people then they, watching. Then we know us. it's time to rip off the mask, get to the task, sexy, and let's
0: jump into the rotation. That's the sexiest thing I've ever
1: seen you do, Gary. It, it's. I a, don't know how to act right now. it it, it is that kind of Sunday because <sighs> it's time it's time to kick back and relax and watch the world die. The world's dying? Well, not really. It's actually "cine die." You know what "cine die" means? What is that? "Cine die" is the is the Latin word for "there is no tomorrow." No tomorrow. And that is the expression they use when they end <laughs> this legislative session in Tallahassee, which means anything that was going to be worked on is got to be done, and it is. Uh, well, did we get a lot of work done? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Bob. <laughs> Actually, here's what happened. I'm, we have I'm
0: Carlos. I'm,
1: <laughs> well, you know something. I,
0: you I really, didn't. You didn't introduce me, so nah, I think that's why. So I do need a, to confusion. roll back back to <laughs> start.
1: Okay, so it's time to jump into the rotation. Here we go. we roll it back here with your host, one of them anyway, uh, Gary Stein. I'm the uh, political director for Suncoast Normal here in Florida, where we work on the rules and laws for you with my co-host, Carlos. I have never been to havana except for that one time and i'm not going to discuss that never Armeida. been once never been once i Havana without a home how about haban my little havana How's and, that? And, and the habana street in tampa that's close enough right uh yeah i live very close to that actually and, and so, i kind of live in cuba kind of no i don't at all okay <laughs> <laughs> So, anyways, since, we're, since we have to discuss what happened, we have to do that new segment thing, although you haven't got the reverb yet. So, I'll do the best I can it. to say it's time for the week, week, week in weed,
2: weed, weed, weed.
0: <laughs> how's that work
1: that's our that's our that's our manual reverb for our, for our little segment here i don't, I don't so we'll know. It. it sounded like a little too high pitch i think weak and, weed well i just trying to be repetitive somewhat Anyway, so simi die so it's the mm. end of the session so we have to take a little note as to what we all accomplished here well we can honestly say that we didn't get caps now is that a, a uh positive thing or negative thing what do you think that is a neutral thing it is because we didn't have caps before right we didn't have caps before we don't have caps now the question is would so we nothing happen? well would we have ever gotten caps that's the next question because i knew from the very beginning and we had discussed this on the show is that uh, senator jeff branis had already said in no way in heck was he going to allow it to get past even the first session, the first committee of uh, their, the judiciary on the Senate side. That's exactly what happened. It went to the House. It got a couple of uh, hearings in the House, didn't get its third one, as a matter of fact, and so therefore it died. And of course, the, uh, the governor had said that he wasn't interested in signing it from the very beginning, and so therefore it didn't happen. So the question is, all that hard work that, we, that, that folks put into to getting that cap knocked down, was it of value or was it not of value? and i want to hear from you guys is what you think uh, was the value of that now we did get a lot of people engaged this year that hadn't gotten engaged before because they were so frightened of the thc cap the the boogeyman officially of florida's cannabis program
0: well look for look at the first comment we had so doubtful but we still had to fight fight it in case it took more time and energy that's the thing like i that like you're literally trying to say that we didn't have to fight the THC cap, that the Senate, Brandis, was saying, we're going to strike it down right away. It's not going anywhere, right? Right. So people
1: still don't seem to understand that. So let's say what we did accomplish. Did we get employee protections? Uh, No. Did we get uh, patient protections? No. Did we get reciprocity? No. Did we get homegrown? No, no, you can't. Did we get any, even a discussion on
0: uh adult use legalization uh no well we discussed it we discussed it but i don't think in the, like the proper lawmaking terms i don't think it was like an actual discussion it
1: like, never got off the ground other than never, being written and filed and then we actually had six bills this, this session which was more than any other session before we had six bills that for, for adult use and not one of them got off the ground even to a matter, matter of having a discussion in public okay and of course we we don't have that, and we don't have expansion of uh, qualifying conditions. And anything else that we tried to work on this year got put aside so we could fight the ta- the THC caps that never happened in the first place. Uh-huh. So we're, is status quo sufficient for us? Is it okay for us to say, well, an entire session went by, an entire year went by? Well, no, that's, that's a failure in my opinion. Now, Nothing happened. I should say we did actually accomplish something, but we didn't actually do it. Okay. Okay. Senator Jeff Brandis, in the uh, 11th hour took the DOH bill, the Department of Health omnibus bill, which covers all the things like like education and certification, things of that sort. And he stuck in five lines that makes it so any dispensary that at the time of its renewal has still yet to uh, cultivate process and dispense will not get their licenses renewed. And there is quite a few of them, actually. People who have bought, who got their license through litigation in 2019, April of 2019, I should say, which is when the last licenses were given out. Yeah. And those are the ones who lost the actual application process in 2015, four years prior to that. And their license came up for renewal, it's coming up for renewal right now. They have 30 to 60 days to renew. So if they haven't started cultivating, processing, and dispensing now, so it's not good enough just to have, have passed your very first inspection. You can't sit on the license anymore. You can't sit on that license anymore. And that is courtesy of Jeff Brandis, who actually got that to go through. And it was scary. The bill was scary as heck for some folks who really want to watch this thing. So I suggest unless you've you know got a decent indica in you, you need to watch out for watching the, 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 the legislation because we were always worried that, again, the THC cap was going to get stuck in. And in fact, 1455, which was the House bill that had the cap in it, was actually shredded, and pieces of it were put into the final a DOH bill, and it did pass after bouncing back and forth between the House and the Senate. We uh-huh. have to amend it and then approve it, amend it, approve it, amend it, approve up until the very last day. So we did get this thing where we they have to test all edibles, and they have to randomly test product so that if it does not meet standards, then of course that product well, gets destroyed. That's that's progress. It is, although that's something that the DA, that the uh, MMTCs were doing already anyway. Huh. So, but, but no, now, but now the state is. So like, nothing happening. Yeah, essentially. Okay. So nothing
0: happened. We're back where we started. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have a special guest on today. Yep. Mariah Bonhart. Yep. Um, is this a segue? This is a segue. Wow. I feel it coming. And I think, I think I'm like in the middle of it, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, so the question now is where do we move forward from? Where do we, where, where do we go to from here? Right. And, uh, you know, getting a woman's perspective on, on this thing, you know, we got this new group women's initiative for safe and equitable Florida. And, um, it's a, a bunch of wonderful ladies who have been in the, the cannabis movement here have proven themselves in the cannabis movement here that both of us have, uh, associated with many of them in the past. And, um, yeah, so they're awesome. And let's get a woman's perspective on where we should go forward with marijuana and welcome. Mariah Barnhart. Boom boom boom. Hi Mariah.
3: Hi. <laughs> yeah, so we, we can't
1: just deal with just getting Carlos's uh, uh female opinion on this because he has that feminine side. I try, I try to speak for the
0: ladies, they call it mansplaining, and then apparently it's a bad you thing.
3: You do, yeah, you do try.
0: Right, yeah. right. But that's a bad thing, right? You guys don't want men to speak for you, just making sure.
3: That, that's correct. No, okay. that's, that's correct.
0: Okay, so it's a good thing I brought you on today so I don't put words in your mouth. So, are you home or are you still walking in
1: Memphis?
3: Um, oh, I'm, I'm still in Memphis. Um, I'm going on very little sleep, so I uh, try to keep up. Um, I think that the best thing that came out of session was a lack of making constitutional amendments harder to pass. We already have a higher threshold in the state of Florida. And so the legislature thought if they don't pass adult use, we're going to pass a constitutional amendment. So their goal rather than to see the will of the people being served was how can we further restrict them from passing a constitutional amendment so that if we don't do our jobs here in office, we can also restrict them from doing it out on the streets.
0: I thought Gary was going to say something, I, I
3: thought you were going to say something.
0: I'm, I, I was waiting for you to. Say so no, I, 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 <laughs> so anyway, I, I guess I just
3: I just want to say, you know, I didn't make a I didn't make a big deal about the THC caps because, you know, the information from early on, the inside kind of discussions were, were that this wasn't going to pass. But the truth is, we need to be staying on top of it because it's not going to die. Um, state by state and federally, they've been introducing these caps. They're gonna continue to try to make it harder for us to pass constitutional amendments so that they don't have to serve the will of the people up in Tallahassee because we also won't be able to serve the will of the people through ballot initiatives. So those I think are some of the main things that we do need to stay on top of. I'm super appreciative for the people that were able to make it to Tallahassee and keep the hype and the conversation up because it's not just gonna go away, session ended. And we've got only a few months to raise enough public awareness that people would be writing in instead of, you know, oh, my gosh, here at the last minute in the week that something might be heard, we can have the public educated all year long so that when session starts, they know what the intention is. They know what we're going to be up against and they can be prepared to best um, contact their legislators.
0: Yeah, so we're not, but we're not going to be able to. It's almost impossible at this point to be able to get like a constitutional initiative passed. That's like really my understanding. That shit was hard for medical marijuana, and and now there's like all well, these other. We did other...
3: the same thing with medical marijuana, though. We it's, gave it's the legislators fine. opportunities to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't a proponent of the constitutional amendment the first time around, um, but I was a proponent of them putting money into it and pushing for it because the education that came along with it and the public awareness that came along with it. And then from our side, we um, spent a lot of time in Tallahassee doing media Through the legislative session on what was being introduced legislatively on the low thc bill that passed in 2014 how that offset the public perspective perspective that we needed broader legislation and um, gave them an opportunity to do it through the legislature so just like carlos Guillermo, smith and brandis were both saying this session this is basically our last chance to do it through the legislature if we want the legislature to have any say in what this looks like we need to go ahead and do this and rightfully so because Mm -hmm. we have everything lined up to pass a constitutional amendment should they not do it that way they had the opportunity that gave us the opportunity to be you know in the media raising awareness doing stories on legislative session but at the same time it was really educating the public on what was our next steps right and now that's going to have to be a constitutional amendment
1: yeah so we had two bills that actually did go through this session that are waiting now for the uh, the governor's signature the first one of course is what they call the anti-john morgan bill which basically stated that no ballot initiative uh, started by the citizens can get any more than three thousand dollars from any one person so therefore it's gonna be harder to fund these things going forward and the second one basically stated that we are going to raise that threshold from 60 percent required for passion uh, passage, which is how we lost the first amendment to when it got only to fifty eight percent, and then we got seventy one point three. But now it is actually sixty-six point six percent. And they picked that number in part because of the fact I think that uh it was noted in the last poll that about sixty one to sixty two percent of people are are in favor of adult use. And so therefore even if we did get that ballot initiative now and it does get this thing does get signed off by the uh the governor, then it will be harder to get that thing to pass in the first place. And so we kind of like took a step backwards as far as that's concerned. And maybe we should have Well, but that's the question. Is
3: DeSantis going to sign that? DeSantis' entire platform is based on traditional Republican values of small government and open markets, right? And he has stuck to those to some degree, right, when it comes to some of the things he said he wouldn't sign off on. So that'll be interesting to see if he actually does sign off
1: on those. And he's in an interesting position right now because they are actually, even though it is a little ways away, uh, gearing as to what is going to happen with DeSantis next. Is he going to run for governor in 2022 or is he going to run for it in, in part but actually start looking at the presidency at that point in time? And I don't think he wants to do nothing for 2022 20 to, 20, to 24. So I have a feeling he's going to be running. And right now we have about four people in the, on the Democratic side who may be announcing this week that they are running for governor, them being uh, Nikki Freed, uh, uh, former governor uh, uh, Christ, and possibly uh, Vale from uh, Orlando, the old uh, head of the, the police, and possibly Anna Eskamani. So we have four people possibly running for that office on the Democratic side. It should be an interesting race.
0: So, I mean, it's what I'm gathering yeah. from what you guys are saying is that the only way for marijuana legislation to move forward is that we get the right politicians to to, to get in there. That it doesn't seem likely that a constitutional amendment would pass. Now, um, of those politicians, right? We had uh, Nikki Freed and we got Charlie Chris that's uh, shown favoritism mm-hmm. towards marijuana, right? Uh, who do you th- guys think would be the best person to like vote in? Like, what should we be focusing on that right now? Should we be focusing on who's going to be the next governor
1: to get stuff done, or? Well, uh, most of the things that passed this year it passed because those were the governor's priorities. The um, governor had a priority to put to put out a protest bill. We got it passed. They had a a voter suppression bill. We got that passed. These are the kind of things that happen. If the governor says this is what is his priority at the beginning of the year, they will they will work towards it. We actually had that work towards our our, our benefit one time. When, when the governor came in and said, I think it's okay to have smokable flour. And then he was also talking about the cartels, which he didn't do anything about after. Yeah, he didn't do shit about it. But it was his priority at the beginning, and it actually was the very first bill that passed. This year, the very first bill that passed was the um, <clears throat> the riot bill, which says any group of three is going to be considered a riot, and you can mow them down with your car. Hmm. <laughs> so we we had some interesting things that passed. We also had, believe it or not, in the same DOH bill... They passed a clause which said it is illegal, it is a misdemeanor for anybody to sell hearing aids to anybody under the age of 21 uh, over the mail. Now, why (laughs) in the world did we even consider that? Is this... this Is this a thing where the kids, you know, after the kids eat Tide Pods, they put in ear- hearing aids and turn them all the way up no, to eleven? There's
0: a huge on the dark web. There's a huge market for uh, hearing aids for 21 year
1: olds. <laughs> I'm and I'm for some extra, you know, audio. So, but, but that's that, that's the legislation. No, Carlos,
3: I think you you misheard me, which. Um... You know, I think am I might I the, Man, judging right? by your
0: face, <laughs> I think um, I you. so let <laughs> me
3: just let me just restate some of what I said. We I feel like only can pass a constitutional amendment. We are in a Republican we can supermajority tricep. So should it come between DeSantis and Nikki, um, I feel like Nikki her chances of winning are based on her stance on cannabis right? Which tells DeSantis a lot. Like if his biggest competition at this point, potentially, should he run again for governor is based on this platform, signing off on these things that are going to be on his desk would be a really bad move. And if Nikki were to get an office, it would be a lot different than DeSantis being in office. So she would be, what we would start seeing is a lot of infighting between, and we've seen it in the past, we see it every session, but we would see a lot of Um, you know, some Republicans might want to be on the governor's good side, but a lot of them would want to stand firm to anti-democratic, you know, type of sentiments. Um, so rather than, like, the way DeSantis came in, and the House was Republican and the Senate was Republican and DeSantis was Republican, so a lot of what he wanted got done, there might be a lot more pushback. Should we have a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and a Democrat, um, governor? And regardless of that, the point would be not to make it harder for people to fulfill the will of the people should their legislators refuse to do so. But also if people aren't using cannabis as a litmus test for which politicians are proponents of serving the will of the people at this point, I don't know what to say. You know, We're all up in arms about government tyranny, corruption in government. And if they're not seeing that in the state of Florida with legislators refusing to fulfill the will of the people, the majority of people, what they want, that has been voiced and polled time and time again. I really don't know what to say. We're not going to we're not going to be voting these people out anytime soon.
0: I think we're fucked. Well, I think we're fucked like kind of all the way around, man. Like, no, I, I don't think we're think... going to
3: pass a constitutional amendment.
1: You think so? Well, the legislation a- has actually been I think good. She...
3: Yes, I do. In The fact
1: that it actually mm-hmm. did start a medicinal program. Mm -hmm. In part because our heart was tweaked over the uh, the story of Charlotte uh, Fiji and uh, and of course your story as well Mo and all the folks from Cannamoms who worked so so hard at the very beginning to to get a medicinal program here in Florida Mm -hmm. as the beginning of the cannabis industry and that's where I was when I first got started. But actually
3: what they did was, but what they did and what I was very public about is. I felt that I had to lobby for any legislation that any parent of a sick child felt would help their child. But while I was doing that, I was very public about the fact that behind closed doors, I was aware, and everybody else involved up in Tallahassee was aware, that they really believed that passing a low THC bill would offset the public perception that we needed real cannabis legislation. And they did that to try to keep Amendment 2 from passing.
1: Mm. Didn't work. Well, it did the first time.
3: So it actually wasn't for the will of the people. It it was like a, you know, here's it's a
1: political Chinese. chess game.
3: Now please stop. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they they, they do play chess quite a bit when yeah. it comes to Tallahassee is concerned. You always have to think about what is the move that they already figured out, two moves ahead. And that's generally what they do they do. But I think what we have to realize is that we do have a medicinal program here in Florida. And I think we need to make it the best. It already is the highest one of the highest selling medicinal programs in the country right now. We actually have the third highest amount of cannabis sales in the country here in Florida. Yet of the top three, we are the only ones that does not have an adult use program actually driving those sales. This is strictly medicinal sales right now, which shows you the medicinal need here in Florida. We have 540,000 patients yeah. more than, almost, than any other state. Right here in the state of Florida, because there is a definite need, and we, we need to hone this medical program. And I would think it's important we also keep this program medical as well. Because I can't tell you how many times I've t- walked into a dispensary, not to buy anything because I haven't got any money, but to ask them medicinal questions. And I, I ask them about, is this good for pain? Is this good for insomnia? And they'll tell me what kind of a buzz that I get. That's not the question that I asked. I mean, if you go into a pharmacy and you ask the pharmacist, about even just your anti-inflammatory drug, they will go into how that anti-inflammatory drug works and which which one is best for you possibly, and what your side effects are expected, and things of that sort. Not what kind of a buzz you expect to get from the, from your medication. So, are the bud tenders actually working as uh, bud tenders like they're a, like they're in training for a? quote, unquote, recreational program, or are they working this as medicinal? You see the same well, thing? Actually, so, th- th- this, I have a
0: story that's uh, pertaining to what you're saying, Gary, that actually involves Mariah, that a while back I needed a job, and Mariah being the good friend that she is, she uh, set me up with some of her contacts at a few MMTCs to see if I could work for them. Um, and in one of the one of the interviews, right, um, I was told that my my experience as a cannabis activist and um, my work in the cannabis industry um, has, really had no value during the during the interview. Um, that they were really looking for people with sales experience. That they were looking for people that wanted to that that like for instance, right, he would pass me up as a manager for their dispensary over somebody that's managed a Best Buy. And the reason being is, and the reason he gave me was that um, all of these dispensary, all of these dispensaries go off of what the doctor tells them to do. That there's the milligram dosages and everything is already said by the doctor so that we don't really need to tell our patients how to use cannabis, which I thought was just bullshit. <laughs> but um, that just goes to show what Gary was talking about. Like, have you seen that before? Like, have have you seen a lot of people complaining to you, Mariah, that like they can't get the right information at MNTCs. Is she frozen?
3: Yeah, and uh, so consumer education. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. You're good.
3: Uh, consumer education was a staple of everything that we all did early on for many years, and I think that people continue to rely on people like us and it's funny like i just i did an experimental post the other day you'll remember this carlos and it just said like um rso is it basically you know i don't know which i said naphtha or butane but it was both back in the day right it was paint thinner and um lighter you, fluid right that's what saying, and it was butane all but all but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what in America it was, even though so Rick used Napkin. What's the difference? They're both lighter fluid. Okay. So, but people lost their ever loving minds. Their ex had met Rick one time in Canada. And, you know, and it was like a very innocent post that just said, like, there's not one single cure for any disease. If you see somebody who says that there's a specific dosing and cannabinoid ratio that's a cure, please don't, you know, run. Right. And, um, just some really simple little, just to kind of gauge. And instead of being appreciative and people being like, tell me more, what is, what does that mean? It was like, oh my God, who, who would dare come in here? And oh my God, these idiots that have, that have no, you know, these newbies, first of all, which was funny. But um, second of all, like people are are kind of resistant to education anymore because everyone knows everything, which we did a really good job. It's like seeing CBD in gas stations. It pisses me off, but we did that. Like We knew early on there were going to be repercussions to trying to drive this to mainstream, right? And so some of those repercussions are that everyone knows everything. But in these same groups, what you'll see is people constantly asking, you know, I have these issues, what have you found works best for that? Or just trying to gauge other people's, just like we did with moms with the kids eight years ago. And as adults have been doing all these years since, they're still doing that today. So rather than going and asking someone working at a cannabis um, dispensary today here in Florida, they're still going in and actually across the nation, they're still going into groups online and trying to gauge all of their neighbors and fellow Floridians um, experiences with different products. And and yeah, I think part of that is one, that this started underground and we did have to educate each other based on experience and growing knowledge as the years went on. But two, that they can't get that at the dispensaries the way they can amongst other you know people who maybe have a little more experience or time in this online.
1: You know, we're, we're normal. We're the ones who are supposed to be working on the reformation of marijuana laws, although we are the only chapter really in the state of Florida that actually works on the on the laws from the beginning as opposed to trying to stop the other laws from coming the other direction. Uh, and the, but the, there's been other circum, the other organizations that have been really, really focused laser focused on the medicinal properties like patients out of time, who have, who, who have always started from the disease or the, con- the condition that it needs to be corrected and going over how cannabis actually works towards that thing. And that I think is, is a noble cause. And one of the reasons we actually have a, a, a cannabis industry here in the state of Florida, we did not start out as a, it being, you know, just an a, a offshoot of, of the liquor industry, which is what some people would love, would love it to be. But the fact is we do have people who desperately, desperately need this as medicine. And we, we must not get lose track of that. Because while, while we're sitting there fighting for this, that the other thing, we're forgetting that people are suffering if we don't have greater access. I wrote a bill that a lot, allows for the expansion of, uh, of uh, qualifying conditions, because there are people out there whose conditions are not one of those 10. And so therefore they have to get kind of eased in, uh, in sideways by saying, well, this symptom is kind of like that and that symptom is kind of like that. But if you have autism, if you <clears throat> have a number of conditions that are not on there, they could be challenged by this this uh, pattern review board of the Board of Medicine. So there is even a, uh, <clears throat> a movement in place to actually knock down the medicinal program as it is if we don't expand it, if we don't make it better for the people who need it, especially when you talk about... Um, Children having access to the medicine through their caregivers, and they're certainly saying, "Well, nobody under the age of 18 should have this other thing," and making it harder, which is something that you've had to deal with, I'm certain, for a number of years. Regards to how do we take care of kids? There are definitely kids who need cannabis in particular um, uh, modalities in order to take care of particular conditions. And we have to make certain sure that they have complete access to it, and yet, Tallahassee is, is more interested in knocking that down than bringing it up saying you have to have you know, two doctors that, that concur and things of that sort, which isn't all that easy nowadays. Have you had that situation? Mo. Um, oh,
3: say, say the question one more time. <laughs>
1: the, one of the things that they've been fighting, uh, that they've been fighting in Tallahassee is uh, pediatric use, and that, and that you have to have at least two doctors right. that- Right, making
3: it more difficult, adding a second board-certified pediatrician, which in the state of Florida, I think we know of three um possibly four in the entire state that are board certified as pediatricians that are doing cannabis recommendations so if you put in the requirement that the second signer for a child had to be a board certified pediatrician you would make this nearly impossible you know supply and demand says that eventually this would be too expensive it already is too expensive for many parents special needs families often, you know, utilize all of their resources, trying to save their child's life, traveling specialists, etc. cetera. Um, so many of them don't have the resources even to afford um, the program as it is, it's twice as expensive for children because parents oft- also have to get a card. They have to have two doctors to sign off on the recommendation. So it's already twice as expensive. You add in additional restrictions. First of all, like we saw with so many of the bills that they introduced, what are they trying to fix? They're trying to solve problems that don't exist. It's it's the most bizarre time in our legislative history, I feel.
0: So then what do you think? Like the the actual what what the fuck are they trying to do then? Like, I mean, I guess they're just that's what scares me about like relying so heavily on politicians for change. And that's why like I'm happy that you're you're so gun ho about uh uh an amendment initiative. Uh, because these politicians are paid off. Like, I don't know what any of these motherfuckers are doing.
1: Well, we have, we have a representative government. but unfortunately, oftentimes representing the wrong people because yeah, whoever fucking pays them off. They're supposed to represent us as the voters, but they oftentimes represent the uh, the special interests, but but it's like, she's saying
0: like, they're literally, they're literally making up things like they're just making up science, right? Just to, to, to do what you're saying. They're they're representing the special interests. Like it's just crazy, and like that's what like I, I this constitutional amendment thing where like we we would have to have like sixty six or seventy percent to vote, and like it'll cost all this, and John Morgan can't put in money here, John Morgan can't do this and anti that. It's really like it scares the shit out of me. I can't. We can't rely just on politicians.
1: Well, here, here's my theory, and I and bear me out when I when I mention this because I know some people might not necessarily a hundred percent agree with me but in the very beginning we had a real hard time because we were trying to get this on the ground as a medicinal program and yet there was no real money behind people getting access to this in the legitimate legal market not a legacy market so therefore there was no money being uh, funneled into these various uh, legislators to get done now this year we actually did have a couple bills that did make it legal to uh, take it took uh, products off of the Schedule One for the state if they were products that were approved by the FDA. So which basically means that Epidiolex, Marinol, Sativex, cannabis products that are made by Big Pharma will officially be fully legal now, completely in the state of Florida, even though they are officially legal uh, nationwide, uh, because of the fact that the FDA did approve them. Now, how is it that that bill moved forward and yet all the bills that we tried working on that would give access to people who desperately need this medicine, did not. Exactly right, because big pharma had big money. But guess what? Even the state of Florida now, with as many over regulations as we have, the industry has a lot of money. We're talking about a $1 billion industry here in Florida. So maybe it's about time that we start getting those guys to put more money into the legislature to work on a more robust medical program. But right now, it looks to me... And this again, this is my theory and you can go ahead and knock me down if you like to push more towards the recreational, towards the adult use program as opposed to the medicinal program, because that in the long run will quadruple sales in the state of Florida. For, for so many MMTCs and allow them to make more money, so they're pushing in that direction as opposed to pushing towards a more robust medicinal program where we have reciprocity for somebody who is sick in another state who happens to have a medical card should be able to come to Florida and use their medical card, or if somebody has a medical card, they shouldn't have to worry about losing their job, or they shouldn't be worried about <laughs> being kicked <laughs> out of a adult use a a, 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 a a, a facility for older folks that kind of situation those types of things that we need for the medical program are put off to the wayside because nobody's putting money nobody's putting energy into it but they are putting energy in towards eventually one day hopefully having a a, 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 a recreational program which is the, what basically MedMen did they, that is the reason they put the milf uh, ballot initiative together so that the corporate folks Could get could get a recreational arm to each of their each of their individual individual shops and make a lot of money, but their whole thing was based on moving towards an adult use program and not a more robust medicinal program. And maybe that is just the karma reason that they that the MILF, (laughs) besides being having having a terrible name, Uh, make it legal, Florida. I think they're
0: trying not to be called MILF anymore. I think
1: it's something like mill florida or something i put i, I put it down make it legal florida because I, I think the other thing was basically something to uh, make everybody laugh but remember them which it did so i guess kudos to them and their sense of humor but we didn't get that way so what do you think out there folks do you think it's it, the whole thing is that the mmtcs are pushing towards an adult use program and forgetting about the medicinal program or am i just off my rocker
3: you just have to remember also it's not always about money. So anytime we talk about corruption in government, we automatically go to money which historically is very prevalent, right? You have money from the alcohol industries, money from initially, you know, early on with these types of laws, paper industries even, but now today pharmaceutical is by and large the global leader in in funding these types of legislations, right? But it's not with these types of politicians, especially here in the state of Florida, these are small, you know, down low on the ladder of politicians that are seeking higher office, generally. And if it's not higher office, it's more power behind the scenes. So we think money, but it's also power, position. There are a lot of other things that these politicians are aiming for when they're doing something to scratch someone's back, or like these state by state THC caps introduced um, in multiple states and federally, that's how you know there's corruption. They're being introduced all over the place. It might not have to do just with money. It might be more to do with their political position, who they're doing a favor for that's going to do a favor for them when they run for whatever office is next. This is all behind the scenes, behind closed doors discussions that could have a multitude of included vested interests.
1: Now, most of us who do have a job don't necessarily have to worry about who's gonna vote for you uh, in the next two years for you to keep your job. But (laughs) that's generally what we have to deal with in Tallahassee and that that money that people get from special interests actually goes into the campaign coffers so they can get access to their their job another four years and the power that goes with it. So it is kind of all kind of connected. Mm. So the question is, how do we get them to realize that we're supposed to have more power than the special interests? they actually were the reason that they are actually voted into office in the first place. Oh, And we just kind of slid
0: Kano in here. What's up Kano? Welcome to the
2: rotation. I know. I know. I'm I'm here now so the PG13 version is over. We're about to get NC17 up in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. And and we do welcome our uh, uh under the beltway weed whacker Chris Kano with, with his Version of the cannabis news in nationally. And something I wa- I was wanting to wait till you actually got here, Chris, because we actually did pass the Safe Act in the House this last week. Yep. For 321
2: for members of Congress voted for it. So uh HR nineteen ninety-six, the Safe Banking Act is gonna create a legal safe harbor for financial institutions in order to engage in business relationships with state licensed and regulated cannabis
1: companies. Where? So, uh, in in layman's terms, does it have a chance in hell?
2: Well, it goes on to the Senate. Um, the United States Senate is, you know, razor-thin controlled by Democrats. Um, you know, uh, Senate, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris is the, the tiebreaker vote. Um, so, this will definitely be a bill that we'll have to see. Um, you know, I encourage everyone to send a letter to their senators asking them for support. You're probably going to get the same lame-ass email in return that Rick Scott and Marco Rubio always send when you ask them to be progressive and, and address, you know, cannabis reform issues. And so, frankly, in this upcoming election, the biggest thing that people can do in 2022 to advance cannabis federally is vote Marco Rubio. sorry ass out of office.
1: And Val Demings is—, is- Seriously considering run against Marco Rubio at this point in time.
2: I don't care if a nutless monkey ran against Rubio. I would vote for the monkey. You know, like <laughs> like it, it doesn't matter who runs against him. Whether it's Val Demings, whether it's Nikki Freed, whether you know whether whether it's Carlos. For all I care, you yep. know, I I will vote for Carlos Jose and Hill Armida versus Marco Rubio any day of the week. You know. <laughs> You
0: guys think I could win? I could take him. Are, are you eligible? I I think so.
2: Are you 35? Born in Florida? Yes. Yes, can-
0: yes. Carlos
3: is so sweet. Like he doesn't even recognize the backhanded compliment that was. Like it, it could be a monkey. It could even be Carlos. <laughs> instead of being offended, he's like, "You guys really think?" No,
0: you
1: guys think I could do it. You guys think I could beat the the Nutless monkey? Well, I know that uh, he's wearing earphones right now, but I know his ears kind of perked up when he heard Nutless. Mm. So it's a possibility he was thinking about himself at that point.
0: As as a reading...
2: Nice. <laughs> there has, look, the Florida is two votes in the Senate that consistently are against cannabis reform. Um, voting Rubio out in 2022 and then voting Rick Scott out uh, in the following um, uh, election is going to be vital. If Floridians keep Scott and Rubio as their senators, that is going to be two more votes in a razor-thin Senate that are consistently going to vote against the patients and the people. And we have to rectify that. Um, you know, if Rick Scott and Marco Rubio would change their positions great but they're not to Mariah's point they are receiving checks and and some of them even like Rick Scott have had vested interests in the traditional status quo of our healthcare system and pharmaceutical
1: system I thought that by framing a lot of the bills we had this year as ones that would actually build the registry here in the state of Florida that they would have a better chance of getting some backing from MMTCs I mentioned the fact that if we had employee protections. That would mean that people would be less worried about losing their jobs if they got a medical card, and therefore more people would enter the, end, the registry, and there would be more patients and therefore more consumers here in the state of Florida. And the same thing in regards to reciprocity. We'll have more people from out of state who have medical cards who can come here and purchase things here in the state of Florida who desperately needs more income after after we, hit, we had dealt with COVID. Almost all the bills we're talking about would increase the registry and therefore give more money to the the, the, the dispensaries eventually, so that that the industry could continue to build, but that didn't seem to have any uh, repercussions because we're still talking about building up the medical program as opposed to building up the uh, the adult use program.
2: Yeah, I got a program for us, Gary, that we can uh, uh, you know model. California right now actually has pending legislation to expand medical marijuana access to dogs and cats, to our pets. <laughs> We can do that here in Florida as a bill, you know? I mean, uh, uh, people always say, what about the children? Well, you know, I mean, I don't think there's a issue with your cat using uh, medical cannabis recreationally when they should be using it medically. So I think that would take a lot of the politicians uh, issues out of it. But, um, you know, Carlos, you have a big supply of pet products there in the store. How many people come to you because they want to see their, their dog or their cat, you know, with relief? That a, they lot. Our-
0: yeah. a lot, a so- lot better, you know, like, if you look into it, it really seems kind of, kind of funny because the doctors in this country are getting lazy and just, uh, prescribing pharmaceutical pills to everybody that comes into their office. And you know, what happens when a dog gets into the, gets too old and has bad arthritis. They like throw the dog on like steroids and painkillers. And then the dog is old and is never the same. And like, at that point, the dog is like basically dead. So like, I mean, Uh, I I get it all the time. People coming in here and they're just not happy with what the vet's saying, their dog's not the same, they miss their dog, blah, 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 and they end up buying CBD for their pets. You
1: know, it's funny you should say that because back in the day, I used to work for Park Davis, which was a pharmaceutical company that I worked with back in the 70s, and one of the things that I would do as a detailed man was to go to the various doctors and get them to start prescribing the medications that they had started to sell at that point in time, and a lot of doctors would not actually prescribe those products and let me do my job, unless I gave them free Dilantin for their dogs. <laughs> that is a fact, because they couldn't get prescriptions for the dogs for Dilantin. So therefore, even though they were, they were physicians, they needed to have access to Dilantin for the dogs, because the dogs had seizures. Mar-
0: Mariah, I'm kind of reminded of Giselle. Didn't Giselle have something with with her son that like uh, doctors were prescribing veterinary medicine to her? <laughs>
3: Yeah, Dravet is um, one of those very hard to treat. There's really not any pharmaceuticals that actually work for it, but you're still mandated to give whatever pharmaceuticals they prescribe. At one point uh, when he was really bad <laughs> off, she was given a veterinarian drug that had never been tested on humans, was not approved for humans. And um, the irony of these kinds of politicians coming out and saying, we don't know, we're so scared about THC. Like our kids have been on benzos and morphine. We're not scared of THC. Thanks. though. we don't need you. Like, that's not your job. You're elected to do what we ask you to do, not to protect us from ourselves.
1: A lot of people don't know but PCP was originally horse tranquilizer before, before it became part of the legacy market. So
2: Gary, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> the only person on this podcast old enough to even know what PCP
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> <Even> <laughs> my friends, <laughs> your next step to heaven before you go to hell. <laughs> oh geez what is happening oh, to the show well i'm an og i I, <laughs> I have those little farts from the past every once in this a, like, a while it's like i'm Here. supposed
0: to be like the joe stoner perspective and gary gary comes on talking about Pornhub and angel dust
2: <laughs> Gary, Gary one time smoked a joint in 1968, laced with PCP, and wound up in Debo's chicken coop for a weekend.
1: <laughs> I know Debo is chicken coop. <laughs> That's the place of- with the holes in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: told you it was going to get nc 17 oh I told you. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: you you going to have to look that one up, guys. I'm not going to get into it any farther than that. Yeah, that's. I'm just, just shocked stop. that Chris actually remembers that movie. That's besides the point. Uh, no, let's, let's just stop. Okay. <laughs> so so, so, so let, let's get to something serious. Wise, what does that stand for, and what is their objective right now? Well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, you you got you to gotta turn this, this show back in the uh, right direction. We're just,
0: yeah, we're, Mariah, you're going to have to talk for about, like, 10 more minutes because we've, the three men on the show, have disgraced themselves. Yeah, so get us out of the gutter. <laughs> so please just, yeah, like... Before it gets worse. Give us some sort of, like, some sort of reputability for this show, please, for God's sakes.
3: <laughs> I... I absolutely, first of all, you didn't remind me I was doing the show. I have no sleep and a beanie on. I don't think I'm bringing any credibility, but uh, the women's initiative for a safe and equitable Florida is wiseflorida.org. So that's easy to remember. If you go to the website, you'll find all of the educational points for the platform. And it's basically just in my viewpoint, doing what Kiana moms did for medical. In um, the realm of adult use. So it's bringing out the moms to the forefront. And these are people who are heavily integrated into their own communities who are um, Credible in the state of Florida and um, bringing them out to share the messages on how and why prohibition is harmful to all of our children and everyone in society and the disproportionate rates of um, harm, no-knock raids, arrests, prosecutions, obviously, if we're not talking about equity, we're really not doing a good job of moving this movement forward uh, while trying to merge an industry with a movement in the community. We need to keep some of these discussions at the forefront, I think. So if you check that website out, you'll find you know a lot of the the points for the platform of education, which, in my heart um, include, you know, why did everyone feel so bad for our children? When we said that we were scared for our children's lives, they voted on behalf of medical. So when other mothers who don't look like me are saying we're scared for our children, why are people turning a blind eye? Let's have that open and honest discussion and move towards ending the war on drugs. The war on drugs is historically a war on black and brown people in this country. We know the absolute fact where it started, what its intention was and what it's led to today. So we're not just talking about an industry and in a Republican supermajority trifecta, the economy and tourism. We're talking about um, real people who have been harmed in- Injured by an ongoing, you know, decade worth of um, disproportionate harm.
1: So, what what are what are Wise's uh, goals for this next year?
3: Uh, well, like I said, public education. So we're entirely focused on public education. Where that leads is, you know, broader discussion that can't be had today, because you know. Like we said, we were watching too, so we were watching for legislation. We were hopeful that at least some of these things would be heard or moved forward. We've been doing, uh, you know, media as we can throughout the legislative session as well on the THC cap. Which, you know, it might not seem that these things are specifically towards adult use, but the education is holistic. So, in understanding that they've made the medical program too expensive and too unattainable for so many people, we need broader legislation, those types of points. Um, It's just entirely an educational campaign. And in raising the public awareness of the harms of prohibition and why adult use would be helpful in the state of Florida, we feel that we're increasing the chances of both legislation passing and an adult use um, ballot initiative passing. So whichever direction this goes, the education like Canamoms wasn't involved. We weren't directly involved in any piece of legislation or any um, initiative. (coughs) A lot of people associated our individual names or even the name Canna with those initiatives, but we were actually a completely separate entity. We never profited from or had direct ties to any of those um, things. And in that same vein, this is simply an educational campaign, but instead of on medical for sick children, this is on the harms of prohibition to all children.
1: And, of course, the, the harm has been done for so, so many years. And we've had so actually so many lives lost for lack of access to a medicine which could have worked in the first place because pharma basically failed them in, in a number of ways. And we're, we're hoping to move this, this forward. Education is the key, but also activism, because of the fact that we do have an era of prohibition on us. And when people who are in treatment centers have more clout in the state, in, in Tallahassee, than the doctors Mm -hmm. then we know exactly what we're dealing with at this point in time Mm -hmm. but we do have the board of medicine who is actually scrutinizing so many doctors as to whether is whether they're giving a proper recommendation and in fact there is nobody in that board of medicine who is a certified cannabis doctor so where where are they getting their their decisions from they're not getting them from necessarily the experience of dealing with patients such as the, the certified cannabis doctors are So you
2: you have to go back to the corruption within the Florida Medical Association and and how that is a lobbying group for a specific set of doctors. They claim to represent all doctors in Florida, but the Florida Medical Association in itself has had a hand in crafting this, this system here in Florida since the beginning. I mean, their vice president was on the floor writing amendments on a napkin, so 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 you know legislators could get um, you, you know uh, the original system passed through, and I, it goes to show that um, Florida's doctors and the lobbyists that represent them are far more corrupt than we see in other states. Because this week in Rhode Island, there's a bill going through that allows physicians to recommend medical cannabis to any patient whom they believe would benefit from its therapeutic use, not some rigid set of, of qualifying conditions outlined in statutes. And then also uh, the ability for um, MMTCs to provide discounted medicine to patients who can demonstrate a financial hardship. That's something that we we've consistently heard here in Florida from people who are on social security disability who need cannabis as a, as a therapeutic use also to allow nurse practitioners to recommend medical cannabis. You know, if you want to expand, you know, to Mariah's point earlier about uh, they have this whole loophole about board certified pediatric physicians, which narrows it down to almost hardly anybody. You know, if we had nurse practitioners and and more people able to recommend it, that would be great. But one of the key parts of this legislation, and Gary, you'll love this, it prohibits government agencies from discriminating against patients for lawful medical cannabis use. So people like the Housing Authority, um, you know, any government job, I think is very important important and more than that it removes past it removes prohibition of those with past criminal convictions from participating in their cannabis industry in Rhode Island where here you got people who have a wealth of knowledge but because of the level 2 background <clears throat> check requirement they can't oh. get into the cannabis industry And so I think that the most important thing we can do is look to other states and see, you know, what's actually working, what they're doing well, and not make those same mistakes in Florida. But it seems like the politicians and the powers that be in Florida are hell-bent on making every mistake every other state has made themselves. And that's just not Carlos,
1: I mean, Chris, you're you're, you're heavily into um, uh, federal law. This last week, we also saw a, a, a... an executive order which basically gives all federal contractors and federal employees at least the $15 minimum wage which means we actually have control over those people so is it possible is it possible to also give those same people protections in regards to cannabis as, as well so they won't lose their job if they have a medical card in their state if they are a a federal employee or a working for a company that has a federal contract
2: I mean, the, the power of the president when it comes to, um, you know, over federal agencies is, is almost absolute. So if Joe Biden had the political courage, if he had the clout, if if there were, you know, if, if we could push that through, absolutely. But what every effort of National Normal has seen is the fact that the the Biden White House says one thing and does another. Um, you know, there were promises on the campaign trail. And you can look at the press conferences from the last couple of weeks where the White House press secretary is, you know, is basically backpedaling on everything. And that's a that's a major concern for me. I, I don't like it. Um, you know, President Biden was the architect behind the 94 crime bill, which is criminalized and caused a lot of pain and suffering and, and gave those, um, you know, police departments uh, waging the war on drugs even more tools. To Mariah's point earlier, there was a child in Miami who had a flashbang grenade thrown into their crib because in a no-knock raid, and it was the wrong house. So, uh, uh, Mariah, to, to what you all are doing you know, with WISE... That's important. You know, you're right. Moms need to be able to speak out. The war on drugs itself has- A pers- little
3: seven-year-old girl was shot and killed in a no-knock raid before Brianna Taylor. I mean, these are these are stories that are prevalent. We're just not seeing them on the mainstream media. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, and, and how many more people have to get hashtags uh, before their name, before we actually take action and realize that the war on drugs itself is is upholding the worst parts of this country? It's crazy to hear
1: about that shit. Now it's kind of a shame that the founding fathers did, did not put some kind of clause in the constitution, which is you're not allowed to lie during campaigns about things you plan on doing, but don't actually actually are considering actually doing. Maybe Gary, the founding fathers,
2: Thomas Jefferson sold two thousand pounds of weed in order to buy rifles for the Continental Army because they wouldn't take American dollars during the during the Revolutionary War. They didn't they didn't think the country would make it so thomas jefferson moved mucho mucho weight like he sold virginia grown hemp to philadelphia in exchange to buy guns to fight the british so i mean you know it's a core of this country that 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 hemp, that that cannabis has always been something that's been at the core of this nation and that's i think why the war on drugs has been so effective because it's a plant that's always been with us and they knew that if they can target pacific communities by using this plant it, it would happen, and we still see it. We see it in Tampa today. We fought so hard for decriminalization, but yet we still see black people go to jail and people who live across Kennedy get
1: the get the tickets. Mm-hmm. Now it should be noted that when Jefferson was selling that hemp, it was in ten. It, it wasn't bundles of ten foot canes. It was not in ounce bags. Is that correct?
2: You know, I wasn't there. I couldn't tell you uh, what happened in (laughs)
1: 1780
2: (laughs) with that Pacific drug deal, but...
1: (laughs) guys, I mean, that, it really is They important. really had no idea what, what they had on, on the top of those flowers. They really had no <laughs> idea. They were still working basically on the industrial basis of it, which was why we actually, one of the reasons we actually fought the War of 1812, for those people who don't know too heavily in the industry, but the fact was we were trying to be neutral in the war between France and, and, and Russia and, and England. And uh, in fact, the English were actually kidnapping our sailors so that we could go ahead and get hemp for them from from, from Russia and from France. Because yeah. they so needed that as part of their industrial uh, crops. And they learned that to, in
2: eighth history.
0: <laughs> to go off nah, what, to go off what Keno was saying, and to to kind of uh, you know beef up what you're doing again, Mariah is uh, you know education is really important, but diversity is also important. That's yep. how you get the that's how you get the best education. Um, you know we. Right, you
3: can't educate with the same you know. People who have no knowledge or experience from diverse communities We can't be hearing the same messages from the same people over and over again and expecting it to reach far and wide Florida is a very diverse state and if we're not speaking to everyone in the state of Florida, we're not doing our job
0: Mm, mm. And yeah, I mean I, I really think like normal what we do we we provide education that's really like the main focus of what we're doing we do a lot of different things but everything kind of goes back to that how do we get in front of people and talk about what what this stuff is right and uh you know we we fulfill a different demographic and i think you're you're fulfilling a very 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 important demographic with wise that's three varies. <laughs> that well there's another one very <laughs> oh, there you go. very important that was two very important. Demographic. Have
3: well, if you read the bios of the women, so on um, at somewhere on that site, the bios of the women, I feel like, kind of express that this is far-reaching, much further reaching than of Moms, because it's not just talking about medical and sick children or, you know, sick patients of, of all ages and ailments. This is reaching people who maybe um, could care less about medical, but they do care about the harms in their community or their neighbors being arrested and things of that nature so um you just have to speak to everyone and you're right i mean the demographic your demographic (laughs) i've seen some of the comments on your um on your live feed you have some we we don't discriminate very nice people yeah
1: (laughs) in their own way yes we're sure they don't beat their dog at night most of them anywhere well, Mariah, how how can
0: our demographic support your demographic?
3: Um, I think that, first of all, you know, we've had this weird thing where the industry doesn't want to, to talk about racism. It's a really weird, to me, it's the most bizarre thing I've seen because as we watch this industry emerge, we for sure thought that the people profiting off of this would at least... Um, want it to appear that they were into equity and, and diversity and, um, helping to kind of repair some of the harms that didn't disproportionately affect them, but did affect other communities. And we haven't really seen that in Florida. So I think one is just really getting that conversation going on a level that it can't be silenced. We're at a place in history where so many other discussions are going on. That this discussion is really right now, right? That's what happened with medical, with cannabis moms, and with um, passing the amendment. Was we just all happened to be in the right place at the right time? Sometimes in history that happens. That is exactly what this is now for eventual descheduling. So while we're talking about medical, and then we're talking about adult use, these are all baby steps to what I would hope to be the ultimate goal of descheduling this federally. Everything y'all were just talking about, um, government employees. Protections, workplace protections. Somebody had mentioned earlier children in schools being able to, all of this is federal scheduling issues. And if they reschedule it, that could actually be more harmful to the cause. So we would like them to deschedule it federally and allow the states to do what they're doing with industries.
1: Absolutely. And of course, we have to understand that for most of the AMTCs, if not all of them, um, can, uh, diversity is not part of their bottom line. That is what it comes down to in the long run. If you think about what diversity things have actually been passed since the very beginning, well, we do have an education program over at FAMI, which is wonderful. That's the MERRI program. And we also have situations where every MMTC has to have a diversity plan, which basically says you have to make certain that there's a diverse amount of, of employment in your organization. But it doesn't say anything, anything about ownership. There is no leadership.
3: (laughs) There is no diverse leadership in the state of Florida. And so all of the token positions that are being handed out and token titles, the community needs to let this industry know that this industry is not going to be like any other industry. This new and emerging industry is going to be held accountable, that we as a community are aware of what these MMTCs do and do not do, and that we are not going to put money into MMTCs that don't um, do this the right way.
1: And we w- we'd like to see things done the right way. And a lot of times things actually out of good intention actually ended up bad. We actually had at the very beginning a, uh, a plan that at least one license would be given to the Black Farmers and Agriculturalist Association, which was a closed group uh, that, that people could not enter into. And so therefore it was kind of a, a, a closed way of getting in there. But it was all about giving out one License, and it's been that way since the very beginning. If you give out one license to the to the minority community, that is not equity, my friends. That is tokenism, and I hate to use that. And I don't use that word lightly. But when you talk about making one millionaire out of the entire industry. That is not equity, my friends. And it just is not equity. It doesn't even show a close to the balance of who has been uh, adversely affected by the war on drugs. It shows we want to make one, uh, one millionaire and keep up with the idea that this is all about money and not about people. But it's about people. It's like, we've got a black friend that sells weed. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you had a black
2: friend. I mean, Gary, to your point, if this was about people, then they would release all the prisoners in jail for cannabis before they gave out one more license. But they're not gonna do that. They're gonna continue to give out licenses while people sit in jail for selling weed. And and that's not right.
1: And, and, and you know, to be, uh, to, to be uh, totally honest, there are still people uh, in prison right now who got life sentences. Uh, of of all nationalities and and races, who uh, basically did uh, relatively minor things and were all victimless crimes. And they're still in prison to this day. And the last prisoner project over in California is doing a lot to add to that. And I think one or two MMTCs are actually donating to that project, which is a good idea. But we we have to see some action. But there have been a few that have gotten out. One guy named mike thompson over in michigan got out he he'd been there for what 28 years and we have we have actually in florida here a um a, a uh, indy race car driver by the name of randy lanier who uh spent 26 years f- uh for a life sentence that he was given uh just for for trafficking and at a time when there was no legal aspect to this business therefore the only business you could possibly be in was the illegal, or the illicit, or the, uh, the black market, or the legacy market, whatever you like. But that was a situation. But there was a victimist crime at that point in time. Our good friend, Bobby Flathorn. I mean, obviously, he was, he was involved in black market uh, trafficking at that point in time, because there was no legal market. If there was, I guarantee you, Bobby, who's been a pitch man from the very beginning, would have sold it, because he could sell anything.
0: Well, guys, it's good that there was an uncomfortable silence there because we're running long anyways.
1: <laughs> so so we, we, we gotta get our commercial in, of course, because we are a membership driven organization and we need your help to move forward because even though we may have failed this session, as we have failed in sessions before, today is not the last day of the rest of your life. It is the beginning. The bottom line is you <coughs> people don't say this, so inspirational. That's right. You only die once. You live every day. So let's start moving forward. But you can join
0: Suncoast Normal you every can. single year for the low low price of $25. And you get uh, a gold leaf pin, a membership card. You used to get face masks, but we we don't we don't have any more face masks. We're um, in and- the idiots? <laughs> <laughs> you're still gonna rip the mask and get to the task it, it, it
1: comes with two vaccinations it's time for
0: the rotation baby <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah what else do you get for a membership you get access to certain Suncoast Normal events and uh, you know and a 20, 25% discount at Chillum oh shit 25% discount at Chillum
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whoa, dude, you get like what's 25% it's for
3: the cause discount? Carlos
0: What's 25% off a $5 dab? Ooh. $5, I'll tell you that.
1: 25 cents. org. you can become a member and become part of the fight that is going to change things because we are starting on next session now and because that is when you need to do it. And be on the lookout because we got a lot of cool events happening very
0: soon. Um,
2: we got our next membership meeting coming up, May 27th.
0: May 27th?
2: Yeah. So go, out, out go to our website good, and RSVP. Yeah, that
0: we really shouldn't talk about, but, you know, whatever. July, you mean like around 710? A little bit after 710, actually. But, yes, around that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's it. That's all we're going to tell you. Hey, we know that guy. <laughs>
1: And so, from Chillum Glass Gallery and uh, CBD Shop, the home of the five-dollar dabs, and we're not talking THC. Oh shit! Chillum. <laughs> let's amazing? give Let's
0: give Mariah another commercial. Mariah, thank you so much for joining us today. You're doing great work. Appreciate you bringing the a woman's perspective to such a horribly vulgar. Man driven show,
3: this
1: yeah. so, <laughs> deal with, did not work for me.
3: <laughs> and I, I like did, how, because of you know the body I was born in, people could just assume that I'm like uncomfortable and effeminate.
2: <laughs> that is
0: not I think true. all the guys
3: up there know, though. Yeah, yeah she, <laughs> Mariah's
2: an OG from West Tampa, she ain't scared of nobody. Yeah, yeah. and you were assigned
1: comfortable, <laughs> that's was,
2: that was fine. <laughs>
0: So, everybody, get out and support Mariah and her new initiative, Women for
1: uh, a Safe and Equitable Florida. Um, and all and- the other members of WISE, as a matter of fact. Uh, and then, hey, Sally. <laughs> Yo, Sally, Tamika, Yvette,
0: and who else? There's somebody else.
2: That's it. That's it. <laughs> and, Mariah Me? and Mariah. All right. Bye, Mariah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Appreciate y'all. See you next time. Mm hmm.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: This has been the rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find the Rotation
0: Podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes, but you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, Cannabis Info, Normal's Legal Network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnormal.org norml.org You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.